Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Key Reese, And I'm Laura Brodnick. Well, it's a bit of a jam-packed episode of Recommendations because it's Friday, which means it is Weekend Watch. And we have two new series for you guys, and mine is just epic. I don't know about yours, Laura Brodnick, but I'm so excited to talk about this one. But before we jump into that, we've got to do these entertainment news headlines, don't we? I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. This is a bit of a sad story, but so weird. I woke up this morning, I'm like, why is this happening? So Lady Gaga's dog, Walker, was actually shot and has been hospitalised in critical condition and two of her French bulldogs were stolen during a robbery late last night in Los Angeles. So a Los Angeles Police Department spokesperson confirmed that the robbery took place at 9.40pm on Wednesday night in the States. So the dog walker was out walking three of Lady Gaga's dogs when two people dressed in black pulled up and demanded that he hand over the dogs. He refused and tried to fight them off. He honestly deserves a medal because I'm obsessed with dogs. And basically, as he did that, one of the guys pulled out a gun and shot him and managed to get away with two of the French bulldogs, Koji and Gustave, with the third, Miss Asia, actually managed to escape and the police later found her. So a representative for Lady Gaga, who's currently in Italy filming a movie, has confirmed the news and also confirmed that Gaga is offering a $500,000 reward for information about the dogs with no questions asked. I can't even imagine if my little doggy got stolen. I'd be so sad. I know this is a horrific story, but also the dog walking getting shot and he's still in hospital Sorry, yeah. in critical condition. <laughs> he's in critical no, condition. He will survive. Sorry, also, no really questions. gone in on the dogs here. <laughs> also, no questions asked. I feel like the police are going to have a few questions yeah. for the guys who shot a man. So hopefully they are found and the dog walker's okay and the dogs get brought back. No, 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 no. And in Australian reality TV news, for a bit of a lovey-dovey series that's actually resulted in the most weddings and babies out of any other reality TV show in the world, last year's season of Farmer Wants a Wife has been plagued by quite a few scandals. The biggest one probably being is that Alex Taylor, one of the farmers on the show, seemingly dumped his chosen lady, Jess, in favour of runner-up Henrietta when they did the whole televised reunion special. So that was a really big deal at the time. So when they turned up for the reunion, Farmer Alex said that he and Henrietta had caught up with friends after he split from Jess, so that's his original lady, and that it had blossomed into a relationship and it just felt right. So people started calling him kind of like the new Blake Garvey from The Bachelor, kind of reneging on his choice. But in a new interview with The Wash, Henrietta is now telling a very different story. So she says they were never actually together, that he just asked her to come to the finale reunion filming thing to support him and she was actually supposed to be going to England at the time so because she wasn't the winner she wasn't actually planning to go but then the producers 
paid to change all of her flights so that she could attend and look like they were together pretty much. And so she said even though she was really excited to go on her big trip to England and see her family, she stayed with Alex to be supportive and that's the only reason she was at the finale, not that he had reneged and chosen her as it was made out to look like. And then she went on to say that she understands why Jess, the original girl who broke up with Alex, was so angry because she was messaging Alex, if everyone's following this, because she saw them as friends and she said that after the show was finished, they didn't see each other for ages after the reunion happened. So they weren't actually a couple, but they are in contact now. So, you know, the plot thickens. But what's really awful here is that because she was seen to be like, quote unquote, stealing another woman's man, she then got really intense online bullying straight after the show, which she said still haunts her to that day. And she's had to go through really intense counselling and therapy to deal with it because she had hundreds of really vile and disturbing and violent messages coming through every single day. And it was all because people had thought that Alex had chosen her over this other guy. And it was not true at all. It was just something that was like seemingly fabricated, but no one really set the record straight at the time. So yeah, a bit of a weird scandal coming out. So we know there's another season of Farmer Wants a Wife coming up. It'll be interesting to see for like, this is meant to be like the one really clean cut show. And they're trying to like get some maths drama in there or something. I don't like that Farmer Wants a Wife. (laughs) And in other news, our very uncomfortable video of Oprah Winfrey interviewing twin actresses turned business owners Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen in 2004 has now resurfaced. So in the video, you can see that Oprah asked the then 17-year-old twins about a rumour she's heard, which talks about them not eating, being too skinny, and basically kind of asking them if they have eating disorders. I know there's a new rumour that's recently surfaced has really upset you, right? Uh, you know, the one about eating. Yeah, you know, people are going to write what they want to write. I, we try not to read the good or the bad mm-hmm. because it just kind of comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. You know, either you're too fat, you're too skinny, and people are just going to write what they, they What size think. are you, by the way? So what happens there is Oprah kind of says you're not sure and the whole audience erupts into laughter because it's this idea of like you're so thin and privileged that you don't even know what size you mm. are when everyone other woman in the world is tracking this so closely. And what's also quite horrible looking back on this footage now is that later that same year, Mary-Kate spokesperson confirmed that she actually had been checked into a rehabilitation facility where she sought treatment for a health-related issue. And even though the family tried to keep it very quiet and private at the time, tabloids actually unearthed a lot of information that kind of did show that she was being treated for anorexia, which is a very serious condition. We should say at the time of recording that neither the Olsen twins or Oprah Winfrey's team have commented on this. But I actually think this is less about vilifying Oprah, which is kind of happening, Mm. and more of just looking at the media tabloid culture at the time, because this wasn't that shocking at the time. Like, after their interview went to air, their spokesperson actually did come out and say that the twins, I think there's a little bit of negativity towards Oprah then, and their publicist did come out and say that the Olsen twins understand that interest in their personal lives came with the territory of their life in the public eye, and that was kind of it. But I think this seemed like an okay question for Oprah to ask at the time, because because the weight of the Olsen twins, particularly Mary-Kate Olsen, was such a huge talking point at the time. Like it was across every tabloid magazine. They were asked about in interviews. There was all these kind of close-up, like photographers would literally follow them through the streets trying to get photos of Mary-Kate Olsen's body. And also a lot of tabloids would send people into like restaurants after her. And there's actually documentation of how much she would eat, like how many times she cut a tomato. Exactly. Like that was the intense glare of it. The tabloid culture around their weight 
was just so intense. And when it came out that she was being treated for anorexia, which was like kind of added against her will, the tabloids were all like, like there was one of the New York Post that was like just twin and bones, Mary Kate treated for anorexia, and like across all the other so tabloids, bad, it was like it? her like deathly skeletal. Frame. Yes, those are the images I yeah, remember. Yeah, exactly. Scary, and very skinny, like yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that really plays into why they retreated from the public eye so much, mm. and they're so private now. So it'll be interesting to see if Oprah, who's really built her empire on like on weight loss to an extent, but also she's now pivoted more into like loving yourself and celebrating your life and that sort of thing. So I think she will say something, but I think it's not about vilifying her and just looking back at the time and thinking that was just a very problematic time overall. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. I finished my work week on my couch, ordered some food. It's time for Weekend Watch. Our recommendations of what to watch this weekend. Okay, I'm going to go first with the weekend watches today because I'm just so excited about this new series. It's called Head High and it's a new series to Stan that came out on Wednesday. There are six episodes in total, so very watchable for your weekend. It's set in South Auckland in New Zealand and the story really centres around this struggling but hopeful working class Maori family whose lives revolve around rugby. Like, no duh, it's set in New Zealand. We're talking <laughs> about high school kids. We've got to have rugby in there, right? So the central characters are brothers, Mana and Tai, and they are chasing their dreams of becoming all blacks. So they play for the first 15, which is kind of like the ultimate team in your high school years, like the first I'm not the best person at sports, but it's an important team, okay? (laughs) The high school that they go to is a bit of uh, rough around the edges kind of high school. It's called Southdown College and their stepfather, Vince, actually serves as coach. So it's very much within their family dynamic at home as well. Southdown's biggest rivals in the high school competition are this exclusive private school called St. Isaac's, who are kind of known for creating all blacks, like a lot of boys that went to that school go on to then play professional rugby and become really, really famous. So St. Isaac's are really worried about the possibility of losing to Southdown College because it's the first time that they've actually been able to play each other in the competition because there's different levels of competition. So I know I'm losing you because I'm getting into the sports part of it, but (laughs) when we started watching, it was very fluffy. It was like, oh, cute little love stories, cute, funny high school kids. Like it felt very OC-ish, like rich kids, poor kids. That's the vibe, right? But then, bam, it turns into Friday Night Lights. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's what happens. Like something really serious ends up happening at the end of the first episode and you're like, holy shit, okay, this is actually not a fluffy television show. This is a family drama. So while rugby is really central to the narrative and what's going on, it's definitely more of a drama and is really, really complex. So it explores heaps of social issues from obviously money and education, prejudice and abuses of power and privilege. There's honour, fairness, love and sex, sexuality and sexual abuse are big themes in it as well. 
it's just really great. I think it's not the same as Bump, but it's that same excitement over locally, even though it is a New Zealand series, about like a local family drama that explores themes that everyone can relate to on some kind of level and a real true representation of what it's like growing up in these different kind of socioeconomical families. So each episode is under an hour long and I really, really love this series and I hope that you'll love it too. I watched it with my partner. You can watch it alone. You can watch it with partner. The sprinkle of rugby in there, I've been told, is very realistic. I think, yeah, if you've got any sports fans within your family, you can watch it. And um, yeah, it's a great series. Head high on Stan. Amazing. Okay. Mine's also a bit of a family watch, but no sports, thank goodness. So I'm talking about the new Punky Brewster series that is premiering on Stan yes. today. So in order to understand the excitement of this series, I need to take you back a couple of decades. What? <laughs> so Punky Brewster first premiered in 1984. And no, I was not born then. Neither was but, I. Exactly. But my older sister and I used to watch the reruns all the time when mm. we were kids because I wanted to be cool like her. And she was obsessed with Punky Brewster. So it was a really big thing for kids of both the 80s and 90s. It's about a little girl called Punky Brewster, whose father walks out on her family and then her mother abandons her at a shopping centre while they're doing the groceries and she's left alone with just her dog. That was a real big theme of that time of kids being abandoned and then like going into foster homes and stuff. I feel like, yeah, that was a real thing. So she's left all alone and so she ends up finding this vacant apartment in a local building and trying to just look after herself. And she's discovered by the building manager, Henry, who's elderly and widowed and and really grumpy, like he doesn't get along with any of the other families in the building, but he and Punky sort of form this friendship and he actually ends up fostering her just to keep her out of going into a shelter and she makes friends with other kids in the building and it kind of morphs and just to, you know, that kind of old 90s sitcom mm. with, you know, and the thing about Punky Brewster is that she's super like street smart and savvy and really sassy and I think that's why kids really look up to her at the time because she's so funny. Fast forward a couple of decades and Solly Moon Fry, who actually played the original Punky Brewster as a kid, is now reprising that role as an adult. And the new series is like a continuation of that story. That's so cool. I know. It's so cool. And she's still got that like punky. And, like, yeah. you know, she's in her 40s now and she's done a bit of acting. Like she was in like the Sabrina the Teenage Witch spinoff and all this other stuff. And But she is just Punky Brewster and she's got that same kind of amazing sassy energy, which is really cool. So now she's all grown up and she um, is a newly single mum to three kids. Then she decides to take on Izzy, who's a young girl in the foster system who's looking for a family. And even though Punky Bruce's family is going through this really hard time with her being a single mum to their three kids, she just sees herself in this young, sassy girl who has been left without a home, without a family and brings her in. So you've got that kind of old school situational family comedy. And what's also really cool here, another treat for ladies of the nineties is that her ex-husband, who she's still on quite good terms with, is always at the house and also still has a bit of a sexual chemistry with, is Freddie Prince Jr. Yes, this is what I've been waiting for. Why isn't he doing more work? Yeah, look, he has taken a bit of time off since his big, you know, 90s heyday yeah. of She's All That. I know we did Last Summer, Scooby-Doo, all the movies. He's been busy, but he's made a special appearance to kind of come back for Punky Brewster. And 
he is so charming and so lovely. And he's he, a bit you know, of a silver fox. He really is now. Yeah. yeah. And they have this intense chemistry and also it's trying to keep their family together. And it's just a really nice family watch. Like, And because all the episodes are dropping at once, I could say you could sit down your couch on Saturday and just have a really pleasant time just watching a really old school fun sitcom, which I feel like don't really get made as much anymore. Yeah. And if you've got kids, you can watch it with them. You can watch it with your parents. It's one of those safe shows that everyone can watch, which again, we don't have a lot of. And you don't have to have watched the original series. Like I just filled you in. You're good. You don't have to have watched the original series to understand what's happening here. So Punky Brewster, it's premiering on stand tonight. All the episodes are dropping. Just go watch it and have a fun time. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. Hopefully we've set up your weekend with a couple of good recommendations. And I wanted to plug our new Mamma Mia app. We are having such amazing feedback about it and I am loving using it to listen to all of our podcasts. So you can find all of our podcasts there, our articles, videos and so much more. Just search Mamma Mia in the App Store and let us know what you think. This episode of The Spill was produced by Eliza Ratliff with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll see you on Mamma Mia. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.